Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Best Life <laughs> oh, good Cafe. Morning. <laughs> good morning to my co-host, Tim Poma. How are you today, I'm doing wonderful, Kathy. <laughs> what a little uh, panic <laughs> attack right before the show. Hey, oh. we were having a panic attack because we could not get on our switchboard, which was extremely stressful and yeah and when you have 44 seconds till showtime and you're getting these like I'm like what is happening so <laughs> I gotta say though this morning I woke up and, and I was getting ready and setting up for the show and I was thinking what if life every day you know I always secretly wanted to be a radio show host like Delilah like when people called in for love advice and I could be just like oh you know honey <laughs> this is what you do and so I was thinking what if your life was just wake up, drink your coffee, meditate, exercise, do a podcast, go to the pool, read a book, have a glass of wine with a friend, and I, like, played out this whole chill life in my head at 7 a.m. this morning, and I was like, yeah, that life. I, I could do that life. Like, that would work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you would enjoy it greatly, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and the truth is that uh, about – well, I guess it was five years ago. I did a 50 desire list with uh, a life coach, Nancy Levin, who she's actually having that on her prescription podcast. It's the Permission Prescription Podcast. It was Nancy Levin, and she's talking about 50 desires. And on that 50 desire list, I put radio show host. Wow. So and look here at you I am now. Manifesting my dreams. It's a 30 minute podcast I love a week. It. Getting out there in the world and uh, talking to people. And today, in honor of Valentine's Day coming up, uh, we're talking about healthy love. And I have to say, for me, when we talked about this subject, I was like, this is my weakest area. Because I've had a lot of relationships that were not healthy. Not a lot. Maybe two. But they were significant relationships. Yeah. And... They were impactful and they were long and drawn out and it was, it's sort of like that little pinch of PTSD every time I think about it, you know, in regards to being in a relationship where the love isn't healthy and you're fighting each other so much, you know. And so I was like, wow, I just really want to concentrate on what's good, you know, in love and bring forth that because like I told you just a minute ago, I'm never going back to that. Like, that's never going to be my life again. And that's one of the thoughts I had last night. I was like, wow, I will never be in that type of a relationship again, which is great. Absolutely. And we were discussing the complexity of relationships as you get older and how you don't want to repeat similar scenarios uh, and you want to be able to have the healthiest love possible. And, of course, you know, coming from – our backgrounds, like what does that actually look like? And, uh, you know, I know that you have some great insight on this, so let's just dive in and let's see what we can come up with here. (laughs) So, well, what I was, you know, what I was first thinking about um, is like when you're falling in love, right? (laughs) Like let's start at the beginning. When you're falling in love, it just happens. Like, You don't plan it. You usually don't even see it coming. It's like all of a sudden you're in love and you can't deny it because the feelings are so big in your, in your person, you know? So, um, 
by falling in love, you build this emotional connection with each other, and then you make each other feel loved. And, you know, honestly, emotionally fulfilled, because there's a big difference between being loved and feeling loved, right? So when you're feeling loved, you get feelings of acceptance and value. And, you know, you feel like someone just gets you. You know, and that feeling just feels so good. And, and that's reciprocal because you're falling in love and you're like, everything about you. You know, like everything about you. And that's what happens in the beginning. And that's what starts to build healthy love. Let's start yeah, there. <laughs> indeed. That's a great place to start. You know, another thing that uh, I was having a conversation with a friend last night who's going through some relationship woes. And I was asking him, like what are tools that he would use to to drive himself to a new relationship that would be bigger, brighter, better, stronger, and longer, you know, type of situation. And uh, we came we came to the conclusion of that book, The Five Love Languages. And same, we, same. <laughs> yeah, we were talking though. Oh my it's gosh. very interesting how love in you know I can go up to one of my friends and be like, I love you. But then I go to a girl, and I'm like, I love you. And what is the variance there? Like, what is the definition of love that I'm trying to define for myself that I want to have in my reality? Like, what does that look like? And so um, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote this book called The Five Love Languages. And, um, you know, the five love languages, just off off the cuff here, are physical touch, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and words of affirmation. And the goal in the book is to pinpoint what you are, right? Because now how, we're going to How define. are you feeling loved? Yeah, yeah. Totally. And it was interesting because he was saying that he was a physical touch individual, but his partner wasn't. And so that was one of the ways he showed love and wasn't receiving that necessarily, which makes it very difficult, right? So it's all about how we define it and learning about each other to understand how we fit together uh, to make the best possible relationship. So it's so funny that you brought that up because that was part of what I was thinking about too, was the love languages and how, so first of all, I just want to tell all of our listeners, you can go to Gary Chapman's thefivelovelanguages.com and take the test for free and just get a little bit of insight on what your, so it's like when I first did this a while ago or a month, you know, years ago, whatever, it was like uh, receiving gifts. And I thought that was because I love to give gifts. Like when I give a gift, uh, that's me showing this. So it's just kind of like what you just said, how he likes physical touch and she didn't. But for me, it was like gifts. But then when someone gave me a gift that I knew they had spent time thinking about, that they were excited to give me, it was in a love relationship. And I got that gift. And it's like one of my still most treasured mementos that I have. And it's because I felt loved in that moment because I knew they had taken the time to polish it. It was just like, wow, you know, like it was, it really showed me that that was a big love language for me. And I love to give gifts. So that was like my number one. But you get, you know, you have all five. You have all five. But they have a level of 
of order, Wait. you know? Yeah, totally. I think mine were physical touch, active service, and uh, quality time. And Quality time was big for me, too. Yeah, you know, what's also funny is that someone's definition of quality time is different. Uh, than someone else's <laughs> idea of quality time, which, you know, we just we just went rounds last night, and I'm like, man, this is crazy because it all comes okay, down to how. So we I want to know, I want to know what your definition of quality time is. I think that's important. I, I want to know what yours is. Well, I think my definition of quality time would be actually spending time doing something fun together. Uh, with no one else around, just us, you know, traveling up and down the coast, stopping at the wineries, maybe hitting the hot springs, uh, something like that, camping together, you know, just where it's, we're detached from the cell phone and basically focused more on just us. Um, Because watching television is not quality time, in my opinion. Like, that doesn't seem like quality time. There's no com- conversation. There's no communication that actually transpires. And I think that communication is one of the most important things that you can have in a relationship. So for me, that's what quality time is. Kathy, what would you say quality time is? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Well, I, I would say definitely just about the same thing. Uh, quality time for me is just chilling together, cooking together, having a meal together, hiking in the woods, being super alone, you know, with nobody else around. And I think that that sort of builds a level of intimacy between two people. You know, when you're out in nature and you're just by yourself, say you're under the redwoods or you're hiking up on top of a mountain or at the beach or somewhere where it's just the two of you, to me that is the biggest quality time. And, you know, cuddling on the couch. There's nothing better than cuddling for me. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, everyone loves cuddling, right? Well, most people, unless you don't like physical touch, which possibly unless you, you don't may like not, physical but... touch, which 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 wouldn't match with me, you know. So it's like totally. I have to have a partner that's cuddly, that likes to just you know embrace a lot. <laughs> Makes sense. So Makes that's cool. Sense. That's quality time. Uh, but there's a lot other things that make a healthy love, and I would say that you know. I've obviously disclosed that I have made some really poor decisions and stayed in some unhealthy relationships way longer than I should have. And so when I was thinking about how this played out for me, I was just like, you know, what should I have been looking for for healthy love? What should we be looking for in healthy love if you're single, you know? Like if you're in the relationship, I would A, take the test, and I would B, really try to define what you need from your partner. You know, because you're never going to find a person or have a person that's going to show up 100% that you want them to be because we're all different and unique, right? So you have to define, like, what are my needs along the lines of the love language? Can my partner fulfill those needs for me? And, And if they can't, why am I, you know, waiting? So uh, one of the things I thought was really important that now I'm looking back on is, is feeling safe and secure and respected in the relationship, that your opinion matters, even if it's different, that you don't feel like you have to leave the house just to get peace. You know, like a lot of times you'll see people just walk out the door getting, you know, wow, can't even tell you how many times I drove around Ukiah at 11 o'clock at night praying that he would go to bed. And that's a true story. And 
and it was um, really unhealthy. And I, 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 you know, I did it a lot, and because I didn't feel safe and secure. And so those are such big things, and and with that comes trusting somebody. So those are like hidden components that we don't think about when we're falling in love. <laughs> you know, you're just falling in love. Yeah, I think you nailed some big ones on the head, you know, trust, honesty, respect, for sure. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that we often talk about is having that self-love for yourself before you're actually able yeah. to move on to a healthy kind of relationship. Because as I often say, you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have love for yourself, how is it that you're supposed to have love for another? You meet people where you are as a a matter of Ugh. fact, it's magnetic, and so if kind you don't have thought, those, <laughs> it, it's a real deal. It's a real deal, and, you know, if you want to be met at a better place, then be better, do better, love yourself harder, you know, put put in the work to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can. Of course, this is for the single individuals out there, but it wouldn't yeah, hurt we're... to tell everybody. Well, I mean, even if you're in a relationship, I think another real key component in, in being in a healthy love relationship is taking time apart to examine that very thing. Like if you uh, take time apart and you, you know, start nurturing yourself, out, you know, then you build more self-love muscle, you know, and then as you're building that self, then you come back together maybe the next day or hours later or whatever it is, and you're just like, this is my person, you know, and you share maybe what you went through or how you, you know, because I love to hike by myself. Like when I'm out by myself on a hike, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the best because I'm really just nurturing myself and I don't have any outside stuff. But then hiking with yeah. another person uh, is also stuff where you can process, you know, and talk. And, you know, I'm sure you've done it. I know you've done it a hundred times. <laughs> I have, and I continue, and I will. <laughs> I would say they that, will. yes, independence, being independent of one another is a big factor in creating a really beautiful relationship, like each of each individual having their own space to, you know, cultivate that distance where it really is healthy so that when we come together, it's even greater. Because you don't necessarily want to be with someone that is always by your side or needs you to do things for them. Like that independence is a really big what healthy love is. Uh, to me, anyway. Yeah, and then, well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, like, uh, we were just talking, uh, we all have needs, different needs. And you expect, if you're in a committed relationship, which I think commitment is a big part of healthy love, too, because when you know that person is committed to you on the daily, then you have a little safety and security in there, you know, because, you know, that he's, he's got my back. Like, it always going to be okay when I get and fall into that person's arms, you know, no matter what I'm going through in my day. Um, now I completely went off. I always do that. I, I, anybody who knows me, I'm like 17 different subjects in my head at one time. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll pick up. So I've got okay. it was a good some, some feelings. <laughs> so I would say that one of the important things is that there's an equality within the relationship, an equal part give, an equal part share, an equal part take, an equal part help, that would, that to me makes a really beautiful relationship and something that's very strong. And you can build a really great foundation on equality inside the relationship. 
Um, and I, so I feel like that. So I feel like that too. So I know what it was. It was needs. And when you know each other's needs, like say you know you you know that my love language is uh, receiving gifts. So you know that I have a need. So if you're walking by the supermarket and you see roses, you're like, oh. She loves receiving gifts, and I want to tell her I love her. So when you start respecting each other's needs and the give and take um, is really, really, really important that you honor each. You know, maybe one person doesn't like to get up early, but one person does. So the person that does just quietly sneaks out of the bed, closes the door, keeps it quiet for them. That's love. You know, that's not demanding that they get up with you or, you know, like I know there's a lot about going to, I was asking somebody close to me, I said, what is your ideal, uh, what do you want in this relationship? What would you, you be ideal? And they said, I just want my wife to go to bed when I go to bed so that we can have like conversation and, you know, connect at the end of the day. And he goes, it doesn't have to be every night, but I want a good chunk of the week to be that with my spouse. And I'm all right. Yeah, that seems like a simple request, unless you're the person who can't wait till everybody goes to bed so you can be alone. So there, <laughs> you have to, like, figure out how people's needs are and find a way that if you love them, you can give them some of what they need and still hang on to some of who you are. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> That's a great one. That's one for the ding, books. Ding, 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 ding. Totally. Um, uh, the other one is friendship. You've got to be besties. Ah. Like, it's important that you treat your lover like you would treat your best friend. And you would treat your best friend. Your best friend gets away with everything. I mean, well, I mean pretty close boundaries. to how you would treat yeah. your best friend. Yeah, I don't know if you're... Yeah. there's got to be boundaries. And Well, no, not from <laughs> a physical standpoint. I know exactly where your brain went. You're a guy. <laughs> like, well... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So I think that um, being responsible is a very important facet in healthy love. And that means that you know that both parties are responsible for A, their own behavior, and B, what they create together. Uh, it takes two to tango. And here we have, you know, a great love that can be built, but we both have to be responsible in it. Also, this is just great advice for life. Just be responsible for yourself. Uh, um, I would also say that the last thing that, I, that comes to mind is a healthy conflict. So either being able to effectively communicate to the point where it never gets heated, and, and that may or may not be possible, but at least attempting to deal with things diplomatically and smoothly through kindness and love and knowing that uh, there is an outcome that can be, re can be resolved and never go to bed angry. Those are, those are some of the, the key points that I would attempt to manifest as we move forward in this healthy love conversation. Yeah. Well, no, resolve conflict peacefully, you know, in a nonviolent way, no yelling, no name calling. Like when I, I mean, you know, ouch, I allowed someone to call me names all the time and it was awful. And when I think back on it now, I, I just think, 
how did I ever move past the first time, you know? And so it's really important that you can resolve conflict peacefully in a very non-threatening way, um, sort of coming up with mutually satisfying resolutions to any conflict and be willing to compromise. So if you're in this conversation, there are times when you're going to have to just compromise and be like, if I want this person in my life, what can I do? What, how much can I give, you know? Um, and you were talking about shared responsibility, which I think is a big piece of the wheel because um, you need, people need help today. Everybody's working. Everybody is doing their thing, going hard, you know. And so when you're a family, let's, you know, you and I just talked about the fact that we were by ourselves, single, no people. I told you I had somebody in my kitchen that was helping me cook last night, and I was like, how is that even going to happen for me, like, to be that, share space with somebody? And so it was just like, but, but you have to be able to, to share responsibility of life with somebody. Whereas you and I have to do the dishes, I might be able to ask my spouse, would you do the dishes tonight, please? You know, or would you yeah. have the garbage? Or, <laughs> Can you do this for me? <laughs> it's all on me. I am the the reason my cork floats or it sinks at any yep. point in time. I'll take you the know. car to the car wash on Wednesday. <laughs> but that's yeah, it. Yeah, there like, the are. Take is so, yeah, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's really hard. There's a couple of things that are really hard for people to say. Uh, I was wrong. I need help. Yeah. And Worcestershire sauce. And I can't say it works to sire. Brad Hunt listening right now is laughing because I had him rolling one night. He was just like, oh, my God, she actually cannot say it. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, the first two are really important things is to be able to be in a relationship where you feel comfortable with asking for help. And that could be a friendship or anything. And and also the I was wrong is such a powerful statement. It it takes you and puts you off your pedestal and of your ego and allows you to humanize yourself in such a way. And I think that, you know, if more people were willing to admit they were wrong inside of relationships, it would probably be a lot smoother and seamless uh, transition into really divine love. Yeah. I mean, we've spoken briefly about accountability and maybe we'll talk about it on our show, but accountability for me, is so humbling when I have to say, damn, I was wrong, or I assumed, or I, you know, and I look at myself and someone points that out to me maybe, or something and I'm like accountable for my actions. It's so humbling that I feel you can't help but grow from it. And so I think it's a really good thing to to be accountable and to say you were wrong and just be like, you know, I kind of that up but I'm willing to like talk about what I did and why I did it and you know I think it really changes who you are when you take accountability for your actions I really do I think it's such an ease of you know it's almost like 20 pounds off of your shoulders when you take accountability and you because we all know when we fuck up you know we all know totally I'm I'm a firm believer in telling the truth like uh, whatever that looks like for you Um, but being honest with yourself. And I think that that is another really huge thing is being honest with yourself, knowing what you do, knowing what Uh, you like, 
Be honest uh. with yourself. And that means that if you have a person that you're dating and they start coming around and you can't be your authentic, honest self, then maybe, just maybe, that's not the one for you. Because if you have to change or manipulate your behavior in some way, shape, or form to accommodate someone else's, then at that point in time, you have already lost. You've already lost. And you know I really so feel like, yeah, go. No, I just had this most crazy thought, and I was thinking about in 2016, I was working with a life coach, um, not Nancy Lemon, somebody else. And she was studying to be a life coach, so she had to give a couple free freebies out in order to get her, her hours. And I was complaining about my relationship and, you know, the abuse and how come I couldn't leave and what was I going to do and this was getting so old and, you know, so much. And she said something to me that never left my mind. And she said, let him go. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, if you're not happy, chances are he's not happy. And if you can be the one who can get up and walk away, he might be able to go out and be happy again. And you might be able to go out and be happy again. It took me two more years to leave the relationship from that. But it was the most loving way to think about parting from somebody. It was like, they're not happy with you if you're not happy with them. There's no, it's not like they're walking around completely, you know, blind to what's going on. They might be faking it just as good as you. And this is not to give my ex a pass at all for what he actually did do to me. But in the end, let that person go and find their way with somebody that they might be happy with. And I just think that's important advice, and I don't know why I had that thought. I haven't thought about that for years, but, yeah, big deal. Let them go. Well, that's very interesting that you brought that up because last night in our conversation, we started talking about loyal to a fault. And what does that mean? Because, like, it's good to be loyal, but when you're loyal to a fault, what is happening is that you're hurting yourself or someone else. But the, the problem yeah. is, is that they're probably hurting too. And as you're being loyal and carrying on the, the relationship, you're self-inflicting. And what happens is that the other person that may really want out of the relationship intensifies their actions as your loyalty yeah. remains true. And then what happens? Ah! It gets really bumpy. It gets really, really bumpy. So, you know, be careful with being too loyal when it comes to you uh, putting Band-Aids on the way you feel for someone else. Because I guarantee that they are feeling some sort of way because, (laughs) let's face it, energy that we share, vibrations can be read through our bodies, whether we know it or not. And body uh, language, yes. You're just, everyone's hurting inside that loyal to a fault uh, description there. Wow, that was really well said. And, you know, it's interesting what comes to mind about body language in healthy love. So if you know your partner, you know their body language. So you know when they're angry, when they're upset, when they're sad, when they're frustrated, when they're tired, when they're, you know. And if you know their body language, because they might just be like, I'm fine. You know, because there's a lot of I'm fine people in the world. Like, we're just like. You know, I can deal with this on my own. I don't need to share this with anybody. I'm an I'm fine person. 
but when, when you know their body language, act accordingly. Like if your partner walks in and you know they're tired, like it's just one day. Let them sit on the couch, you know, like and not sharing those responsibilities. Like give each other the freedom to have their feelings and emotions every day. And if they mesh, yay. And if they don't, you do you, let them do them. Figure it out. Totally. It doesn't matter I, if the dishes I guess that would be you know, really like different. a take care of one another. Oh, concept. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah a really, like it's a really, really foreign concept, but taking care of each other is really great. Um, you know, okay, we I want to end, we want to end on a positive note. Go ahead. Go. Good. We're going to do it. To be... I've got a great one. <laughs> okay, good. Here's the end. The, the very last one we're going to add to what healthy love is, and that is a lot of fun. You've got to be having yeah. fun with each other. It's so Laughter. important that you enjoy each other and laugh and play and just be awesome oh. together. You know, and that often happens when you're falling in love. Like there's something in the air when you're falling in love where you giggle together and everything's funny and, and yummy and mushy. And, oh, yeah, that's all good. Have fun. Do a lot of laughter. Uh, hopefully you find somebody that, that laughs. Uh, it's one of the things that I probably miss the most is laughter in relationship. That was one of my favorite things. Not, uh, anyways, yeah, with certain people that I've had in my past. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Not not all people, but certain people. Uh, uh, okay, so happy I Valentine's understand. Day to everybody. We are going to be off the air for one week while my co-host goes to the jungle. I'm so excited for you mm-hmm. to have this break. It's going to be really it. good. I need it. Super healthy. Yeah. Super healthy, and I'm I'm going to be in here like at my computer, uh, trying to get my schedule together for the next eight weeks. Which who knows what that will be. But uh, to all, I wish you all lovers, single, family, moms, dads, everybody, happy Valentine's Day, and just enjoy your the people you love, and do something kind for somebody you love on these this coming week. What beautiful parting words, Kathy. Thank you for being here with me. You guys, please like, share, subscribe, do all the cool things, leave a review. We would love to hear from you. And on that note, I will say much love, many blessings to all of you wonderful souls. We'll see you next time. Bye.